Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. All right, everybody, good afternoon. Uh, Welcome to Revolution Gathering. Um, Man, it's been a crappy few days, right? Um, Crappy few days. I found out this this afternoon that Paul Rubin, a.k.a. uh, Pee Wee Herman, passed away. And, you know, how weird is that? Um... I mean, he's been sick for years, but nobody really knew or he wasn't really telling a lot of people. Um, but, you know, such a big part of so many of our childhoods, you know, and like the guy who encouraged us to, like, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be weird, you know? And I think about like Pee-wee and then I think about like going from Pee-wee to like, to like, Lollapalooza and getting into punk rock and all that weird stuff, you know what I mean? And like how it was just really opened up those doors for a, for a, um, you know, it was just kind of a, a journey, man. It, he like brought us on this journey and it was like we had exposed to this weird, wild, kitschy art and fun. And we got to like go into his world and go into his mind and, you know, and, uh, how, how incredible was that to have a guy like that? For me, it was like, um, that it was like, I don't know, you know, I was, I always felt like an outcast as a kid. So it was nice to just feel like you were going to a safe place on TV on, on Saturday mornings. Um, anyhow, uh, he will be missed. He was, he truly built a, a thing, it built a lot of, uh, really invested in a lot of us and we'll miss him. And then we, of course, lost uh, Sinead O'Connor also uh, this past week. And uh, a lot of you may know that Sinead O'Connor was very special to me. She's just a really important artist in my life and her music and what she stood for and you know her story and and the basic like redemption of who she really was 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 uh, huge to me um so losing her as well as it's kind of like you know losing these people from different important periods of my life um Sinead O'Connor never made a bad album in my opinion and uh she spoke truth to a lot of people and she did it out of the fact that she felt like because she had been given this platform, she needed to speak truth at this platform because there was other people who just didn't have the same platform, you know, and she used it for that. And she paid a price for that. And um, it's really cool. It's really beautiful when people are willing to like put their careers on the line for their own convictions. I feel like that's not something that a lot of people do much anymore, especially in this economy, you know? Um, so she was a hero of mine, you know? And it encouraged me to kind of want to live my life in a similar way. So, 
rest in peace to those folks. And we also lost, you know, we celebrated my 16th year of my mom last week and um, be it passing. And, uh, and that was, you know, what it was. And we lost Steve la uh, two weeks ago. And so it's just a lot, a lot of death, a lot of uh, loss, and a lot of remembering people. And uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so yesterday I had to play Legos with my kids, so sorry I missed you guys yesterday. Also, it's really hard to do a talk and prepare a talk when the kids are here. Um, so I have to shift things around, and that's what I did. And so here I am on a Monday. Uh, not the most popular day of the week to, to come here and talk, but it is what it is. And so we can get that my schedule worked out to work it. Kids are always going to be first. Um, so one of the things I wrote down here was, is, uh, the first thing I wrote, like I had written a bunch of notes this past Friday cause I was getting ready to do a talk and I was thinking maybe I'll record this talk earlier and I didn't do that, unfortunately. Um, took a bunch of notes and then I just kind of skipped those notes and, and started, started fresh this morning after I dropped the kids off at their different day camps and, um, and the first thing I wrote out was burnt out, you know, like this feeling of, of, uh, of constant burnout that I think a lot of people in this country, in this rat race, and this like trying to keep up financially, trying to keep up your bills, trying to keep up with your family, trying to keep up with these things can happen. You know, and it's not just one of those things like, oh, it's just one of those weeks, you know, one of those weeks, one of those days, you know, so you turn into weeks and months and years. And, and there seems to be a lot of people who are just, you know, stressed out and, and, you know, and there's so much we don't share with each other about our own stress and about our own worries and about what we're going through, you know, um, it's unfortunate. And, and so I just wrote like burnt out. That was what I wrote burnt out, you know, um, obviously I just, you know, a lot of amazing people who I've been inspired by have gone away in the past few weeks. Um, and when I got out of that burnt out was the next thing I wrote was take time, take the time you have and use it wisely. And you hear this kind of shit all the time, you know, encouragement, like do wisely, take the time you have and use it wisely. But, you know, it, there's something that becomes alive within death of, of, of life and ourselves. You know, when my mom passed away, I, I was like ready to take over the world. And of course, society comes and says, it's time to move on. And you've got to get back into to living like society says, not like, you know, not like the hurt or the pain or, you know, and this urgency. It's no, no, slow down. You know, it's it's amazing what society and, and, and we, we do to each other to kind of you know, cover each other's flame, you know, put a little bushel over. We're just like, oh, let's just calm that down. Um, sometimes it feels like we don't want people to, other people to make it, you know, uh, or, or do anything because we're too tired to do anything. And I honestly, at this point, just want to see people do awesome stuff. Um, but take the time you have and use it wisely. Use it wisely to enjoy your family and that's what i did yesterday with playing legos with my kids and we went to the world's worst taco bell um 
and we made the best of it and you know just taking that time and, and those precious moments and realizing what's valuable in this world and like through this work i might for me it's like trying to make that normal like let's make that normal let's make family first like kind of a normal thing you know what i mean rather than this like work 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 i mean we're seeing like what's come out of that like what's the fruit of that you know all these freaking corporations you know i mean disney mickey mouse look how freaking greedy these guys are at disney now you've got conservatives and and liberals now who are both like can't stand disney it's really crazy um that could bring them together there's a, there's a chance to unite. They're both angry at Disney for one reason or the other. Um, so, you know, you, you're starting to see the, the fruits of this, just the greed of like, well, you know, we don't even need people. We could just use AI people, you know, we just lean it down, you know. And uh, I guess we can just all be turned into Soylent Green and uh, to feed the few people that they used to be AI models. I'm kidding. I'm not that crazy, but um, not yet. But the point is, is this is is that the rat race is 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 not worth it. It's not worth giving in to all. You know, give in to what? Find your passion. Find your what is this? What is your purpose? What is your what are you calling to? What brings you life? You know, um, and do it and make the sacrifices to do it because I do think it's worth it. You know. Um, I've done it for almost 30 years. Like next year, Revolution will have existed for 30 freaking years. I can't even believe it. And, um, and it's been hella hard sometimes. It's been, there's been peaks. There's been a lot more valleys though than peaks. Um, but for me every day getting up is worth it and doing this work is worth it. Um. What it means for me, like, so for me to use my time, like, wisely for me and to really appreciate what I have here on earth, you know, is, and also looking back at, like, my mother's life and things like that and the things I missed out from, from not stopping to smell the roses because I was so busy trying to create a, a successful revolution. Um, but for me, it's to, like, be, to study well, and encourage others because I've studied well, because I understand the truth, to help like expose truth to those who are misinformed. Um, to live a life in grace and to be an amazing dad, the best dad I can be, you know, and um, help take the darkness off of others' backs a little bit, you know, help take that, that you know, share the burden of life with others. Um, I used to want to, you know, change the church and the world, but I've really found out that's just become too hard and and I've been made irrelevant to a lot of people in that that world and that community, you know. Um, that's where my life used to be, like my living used to be in there, and that's just not where it is anyone. Um, so there you go. Yeah, it's, it's weird, right? Um... And it matters because I think about the folks who, who, what I, and I'm talking about my work and, and work like this is matters because I think about the people who come up to me and said, you know, I never met your mother, but it meant the world to me knowing that somebody gave a damn, 
you know, knowing this, you know, so it's like not every person's called to do the same thing. Like not everybody's called to do this. Like, I don't even know what this is anymore. I used to know what it was. Um, but, but there's the, 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 this, uh, this type of work I find very validating and helping people, encouraging people, seeing people's lives change, seeing people's lives become different, often better. <laughs> um, sometimes they leave the religion completely. Sometimes, you know, they, they stay in it. Sometimes they go crazy and sometimes they don't. You know, it, it's always different to see, but ultimately I find it encouraging uh, this work to do. And um, it's interesting, but now I'm doing it in a different way where we're just, I'm on here talking to you guys and gals and people about this. So one of the reasons though, is I remember years when I was younger, this pastor, like I told this pastor, I said, I don't feel like I have anything in my life. I feel lazy. I feel horrible. I feel depressed all the time. And the guy just looked at me and he goes, you know, I don't think any of those things are true. You know, they might be to a certain extent, but he goes, I think you just don't have purpose. Like there's just, you feel like there's no purpose in your life. You know, and I was working at the Gap, nine to five. I was working at a homeless place. I'm like, I work with the homeless, you know? There should be purpose. Like, am I, am I a bastard? You know? Um, <laughs> and it was the fact that I had done revolution and started a revolution with my friends. And me trying to get back into that type of work was me working with the homeless in Atlanta. And I was with a guy who, his name was Philip Bray, who ran Safe House Outreach that did that work. And I realized like, yeah, my purpose was doing this revolution thing, working with these folks. Matter of fact, I got a vision for that type of thing when I lived in Atlanta the first time. And so Phil was like, work for me and doing that. And uh, here we are, you know, continuing on. Um, and it's just finding out where your purpose is. If your purpose is an encourager, your purpose might be art, your purpose might be music, your pur purpose might be, like you're freaking good at finances. God knows people need that desperately, you know. Um, it's just different for everyone. It's a different thing. And it's funny, like I think no matter what it is, you know, they're always going to have discouragers who are like, oh, that's not what you should do. You know, like if you're like a really good, like with numbers and finances, people are going to be like, oh, that's just going to be soul sucking and horrible. And you're like, no, this is what I'm passionate about, you know. Um, this is what I want to do, <laughs> you know? It's like, for me, I remember uh, starting this with my friends in Arizona, and I had this buddy who's this really amazing voiceover guy, but his, his stepdad would always ask me, like, so when are you going to get a real job? You know, when are you going to do something that matters? Like, I wasn't, like, I was doing revolution. <laughs> and, and so, and my, and I heard that voice and that voice kind of stuck inside my head of like, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get a real job? So to this day, I think of that. Like when I have to raise funds and things like that, I think like people are probably like, when are you going to get a real job? And I've had what you call real jobs uh, through the 30 years of this at uh, different times. Um, but it's just funny, like it's never real enough, you know? It's never real enough because you have these voices in your head telling you like, oh, you should be in the factory just you know, every day. And, uh, and I even remember I went and got a job at Little Caesars Pizza, making pizzas. 
So, and going, I remember going to his dad and being like, hey, I got a real job, I'm making pizzas, you know? And I'm miserable. And I think I lasted like a, a month or two and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's just not what I'm here to do. Anyhow, point is, 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 is finding that. It might be an encourager, it might be being a mother, it might be a father, it might just, you know, all these different things that we find. But often I think those voices in our head are sometimes that are like, sound like evil thoughts or horrible thoughts. Sometimes they're just thoughts and we need to let them pass. But other times they're thoughts of just like, hey, I need to maybe follow this thought. You know, I never thought I'd be, um, like I was a drop high school dropout with dyslexia. So I was told I was stupid and slow most of my life. And then I found out I had dyslexia. And then they said, well, you're gonna have to have extra help and you're always gonna have to have, have someone help you and do all this stuff. And that was awful news. Uh, well, I found that out when I was like 17, 18 after I'd already dropped out of high school. Um, and I never thought I would be reading like biblical history. Never thought I'd be reading philosophy, you know, and, and, and theology or even uh, fiction at times. I don't read a lot of fiction anymore, but I, there were just things where I just never thought this would be part of my life. I didn't think I'd, I'd write three books. I didn't think I'd write one book, you know. And yeah, I did need help. I did have to work with writers. I did have to do those things. But, you know, it was always like working on finding a way. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're hustling, you know. And you're like, yeah, well, I'm hustling. But it's also finding out, like, there's other people who have purposes too and do things I'm passionate about they love. There's some people who passionately love to write and want to help you write a book. You know, I mean, there's people who are passionate about doing different things. And you, and you kind of put together people like that. And I always felt like that's when revolution worked best. You know, like, if we ever get a meet in person uh, group again, it's always good to get a group of people who are like passionate about different things and we work, you know, you work to well like Voltron, you know, like a team, you know, you get your arm and your leg and your, you know, and you, you work well and, and you're not as good without the other. And I know this sounds all kind of weird and churchy stuff, but it's just the fact that I, I look at my life and go, you know, I used to want to change the world. I used to want to change the church. And now I just want to encourage you guys to just Change the people in your life. Love the people in your life. Think differently. Encourage folks to think differently. And, and, and show that grace that we talk about here and show that love that people say that they saw in my mom or things like that, you know. Be, be the difference that they see, you know. Um, hopefully folks will know folks who work at Revolution or attend Revolution by their love, you know. Like, we'll get that out of the Gospels, you know. Like, we're going to take the best out of the Gospels and, and there's some other crap that we're going to leave and we're not going to take. I'm not going to take. <laughs> um, and grace is, is not an easy thing either because just because you, you practice grace doesn't always mean you're going to receive grace. You know, especially when you're working with uh, jaded, hurt people. I find the two hardest people to work with are religious people and then people who've been jaded and hurt by religion. And unfortunately, those have been the people I've worked with most of my life, but those are some very uh, hard folks uh, to work with. Um, very hard. Um, and even harder now because I don't even feel like I have a voice in that world anymore. Uh, and I'd like to. But I just don't, I, I feel like it's always, and I try to have these, these tough conversations, but it, for so many people, like, they're so 
reactionary because of social media that it's hard to reach out and say anything to anybody, you know, much less your friends. Like, it's hard to say to your friends, like, hey, I think you may have missed something here, done something like that without them being like, oh, what are you saying to me? You know what I mean? It's like, dude, it's like, we can't, like, we've just become so, like, afraid of criticism, you know? And I try to embrace criticism, but sometimes I embrace it too well and be like, aren't you pissed off? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to embrace criticism. I'm trying to take it. I've learned over life, like pushing back is not always the best thing, you know? But also saying like, oh, you're right, I'm a piece of shit is not the best thing either because they're both defense mechanisms. Um, and I see the, some of the conversations going on there. I'm just so glad you folks have each other too. It's really a blast to kind of see conversations happening during the talk because that's kind of like how I always was with just life. Like I remember sometimes even listening to my, my headphones when I was at my dad's church. Um, he probably wouldn't have liked that, but anyhow. But find your purpose, and I, and I like I said again, it's never easy. I, never easy. I uh, I'd like to continue that. I'd like to continue my own work. I'd like to continue the work that I do that I'm passionate about and that I feel like I have a purpose for. Um, and it's tough, you know. And and I have to depend on, on you folks. Like, hey, I need financial support so we can continue to do this. And that's the model that was handed to me down from years. Maybe there's a different model, a better model. Um, but that's the model I have had for years and, and, um, and are still using that kind of church model, uh, even though we're kind of in a different area right now. And uh, we'll have to just see where the future takes us with that. Maybe there's a different model. We could do TV shows with commercials and then just not really say anything to offend anyone. Um, you know, this is my struggle and this is what I wanted to get to and this is where the heart of the talk lives is right about here is I continue to see many folks, you know, sowing discord though and, and this is the hard part about following your passion is so many people if they don't share the same passion as you or you, you know, this type of thing, they'll, they'll, they can turn on you. So I continue to see so many people, so many folks sowing discord. I actually um, muted somebody just today. Um, and, uh, and the reason I muted them, it's like they're really, you know, they're, they're a theologian and this and stuff. But I just see like this discord, like constantly being sown in the scapegoating continuously happening. And it's like, it's crazy, you know? And, and so I was thinking, and one of the verses I think about, and, and I always remember one time I was defending my buddy, Tony Jones, which obviously he needs defending half the time because he's a type A personality. <laughs> he doesn't need defending, but I've defended him. And I was on the phone with somebody and I was talking to him and I used this verse. And, and this verse is something I remembered from, like, I really didn't start getting into the Bible until I was 20, probably like 19 or 20. You know, before that, it was like, eh, it's okay, whatever, kind of repetitive. And um, God hates me, so there's really no reason for me to read it. Um, but one of the things I heard a lot, and I think it's because I saw what my parents went through so much in my life, was uh, Proverbs 9. And it was Proverbs 9, 19. 
and surprise I don't have it. You're kidding me. I must have written the wrong one down. No, it's Proverbs 6, 19. There is no 9, 19. 6, 19. Um, dyslexia at its best. I just saw it and it turned the 6 into a 9. So, yeah, you got to deal with that shit. Living life on life's terms as well as following your passions. If I can do it, that's what I've always said to people. Like, if I can do it, there's a, probably a really good chance you can do it even better. Um, 6, 19. A lying witness who testifies falsely and anyone who sows discord in the family. And before that, it says a heart that devices wickedness. I think it's my child you have given pledge. It's just things that God doesn't like and God doesn't approve of in the Old Testament. And this one here is 19 is a lying witness who testifies falsely. So a liar, basically when we lie about each other and spread lies and spread rumors and one who sows discord in family. So this idea of putting, playing each other against each other. And I feel like that's all the church does now is like, so discord. And, um, and it, it's become one of those things where it's funny thinking about the late uh, Paul Rubin and, and thinking about P.B. Herman and P.B. Herman have always been like, I know you are, but what am I? You know, and I feel like that's the argument for a lot of church people now. It's like when I see it, and I do look into the arguments and watch people argue online and, you know, not for fun, but just to see what people are saying until it gets to the point where I'm like, ugh. But sometimes I look around and, and see that stuff, and it really is boiling down to like, no, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, you know, like, oh, you, know, you think we're groomers? Well, actually, you're groomers, you know, like your youth pastor married a girl when she turned 18, you know, well, who's grooming now? You know, and it's like everybody's just returning barbs with each other. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, if there was as many groomers as both of these people are talking about, we would all be really screwed. Um, you know, and I've seen situations, I've seen situations on both sides um, badly, but I've seen mostly positive, and usually there's always a story or something. But point is, is like, we just love to be like, no, what you're accusing me of, you're doing. You know, you're just as bad or you're even worse, you know. Um, and it, it becomes like this cycle. It's, it looks like the recycling thing where it's like arrow, 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 you know, and it just continuously goes on. And you, every other person, every other person is this arrow of going like, no, you did, no, you did, you did. You know, it just continues. It's this cycle of like, oh, okay, well, the church is just two two different sides. It's, it's a family that's got two different sides and they just continuously accuse each other of being the really being the problem the problem is when that becomes the, the the cycle then that's the problem and i can see a lot of problems and i would say like i feel like probably the conservative side probably has more problems than the left side but now i'm starting to go like mm, maybe we both just have an equal problem and we need to sit down and figure out how to deal with this and it's not by saying it's not by by pointing fingers at each other all the time here's a cool thing about the bible it says all fall short of the glorious grace of God. All fall short, not some. It says all fall short. So no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, they're bad. You're bad. We're bad. We're all bad. We all fall short. But yet God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. Boom. You know, there you are. So let's sit down and have tough conversations and try to work this thing out. Um, I think that's why people like Dan uh, McLaren are so important uh, w w with pointing out, uh, you know, historical facts of the Bible um, 
you know, and, and proper scholarship biblically is it kind of helps us see like, oh, okay, because we do have to have a whole group of conservative Christians out there that we do have to sit down with and go like, hey, if you really want to take this thing seriously, here are some facts, you know, and the problem is always like, oh, well, it's always, well, it's always, it's always, oh, the scholarship says, and they'll push the scholarship away, and it's going like, listen, if you've been taught in a system that the scholarship is bad, and that scholarship, like, just look at the scholarship, study it, consider the source, at least, you know, um, because that's just a bad defense mechanism saying, well, oh, you say scholar, oh, you say the Greek, oh, you say the Hebrew, and it's like, these are the factual things behind these things. I mean, it's like, I, it's like math. It's like, I'm not making it up, you know, but there, at least there's a little bit more room than math to have the discussion of these issues. You know, but we need to have these discussions of like, oh, Christianity has appeared to be one thing and it's really not. So maybe this is the reformation we need is to expose the truth of what Christianity is. And it's not all what the left or what people like me have said for years either. Like there's, there's, there's points that we miss as well. And it's like, let's get together and see, you know, the adventures in missing the point and move forward. You know, we want to move more properly, you know, educated and, well, you know, understanding each other more. And realizing there might be a common ground here. Um, so not sowing discord, I think, is important. And I see a lot of discord sowing. I see a lot of biting and devouring one another um, by pretty progressive Christians. <laughs> you know? Like, I see them really, like, they get bit and they bit back twice as, they'll bite back twice as hard. Like, they're getting revenge and um through their work and being snarky and um not even funny but but trying to be as hurtful as the people who've been hurtful to them and that is not the way of christianity that might be a way to live but if you want to live that way go ahead but to claim that this is the faith that it represents christianity or that somehow this is what how christ acted or somehow this is how the disciples wanted us to live, or somehow this is the religion of faith of christianity uh, is not it you know, the, the, Jesus said, hey, there'll be no you guys belong to me for your love for one another, not by like how cool your your comebacks are. You know, it's one thing to be like, you know, in, in, in Ireland, you know, everybody takes the piss and give each other a hard time. And it's really cool and it's really fun. And it's like, that's how they express love, you know. Um, but that's not what we're doing here. We're not taking the piss out of each other. We're literally beating each other over the head. Uh, with just different translations and different versions and different understandings. And um, I think the thing to do is we have to humble ourselves and learn and be willing to relearn and unlearn some of those things that we've learned. As, as the great Yoda said, you must unlearn what you have learned. You know, um, you know Star Wars Yoda. And there's one more verse that kind of always, for some reason, I, I've always connected this, one, this other one to, and I don't know why I've always connected them together. Um because they have no connection. <laughs> I mean, I guess Peter would have known the, uh, I guess the, the author of Peter would have known the Proverbs more than likely. Um, but in uh, Peter, where are you, Peter? You're not in Revelation, you're way before that. Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Timothy, Hebrew, James. Is Peter after James? Yes, it is. Let's see, was it First Peter? I didn't write that down. Let's see, 315. Yes, it is. First Peter 315. 
And for some reason, these two have always been connected to me. For some reason, connected for me in my mind. Um, but in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands it from you and accounting for your hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that you are maligned those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may put to shame. So what he's saying is, 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 is be gentle and be humble in your response. You know, be gentle with how you respond to each other. Be, show humility, you know, to, so those who attack you actually kind of be humbled in that. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's basically saying, like, you're not going to get anywhere if you attack them back. So when you're attacked, when you're said, well, give me why you believe this. Tell me why you think this. You know, what's the source? Give me the source. You know, what? source, source, source. You know, okay, well, here's the source of what I'm understanding. This is where I get it from. And uh, gently and do that in a gentle and humble way. Um, because we miss that, you know. Now, what does this have to do with following your your purpose and things, but it really is connected. It's like, why do you follow your purpose? Why do we follow it? Why do we do things? Why do we treat each other different ways? You know, and um, to me, these verses kind of say, like, if you're going to follow in this way, you're going to do these things, find a gentle and humble way to do these things. And that's my opinion. I, I, I think it's val val very valuable for us to follow our passions and purpose and people will try to crush us in our passions and our purpose. And often it will be out of like unconsciousness of just jealousy or just not, you know, this isn't how the world works, you know, and, and they tell you things like that. And, uh, but then one day you wake up and it's been 30 years and you still don't know if you're going to be able to do the same thing tomorrow that you're doing today. But you've done it. You've put the work in and, um, and what I hope by giving gentle and humble answers, by being caring about other people, by not throwing it back in their face or, or, or sowing some sort of discord with, well, my truth is the ultimate truth type of idea, is that uh, you may actually be able to give them some hope and that they may go, oh, maybe I'll take a different way of looking at that. But if we're both calling each other like sexual predators and groomers, <laughs> Probably not going to change much, you know? If we're, you know, you're a bastard. No, you're a bastard. No, you're a bitch. No, you're a bitch. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Well, we'll just keep fighting. And so that's why right now this is like revolution gathering is like the sidelines. It's like, well, we're not going to play the game. <laughs> this is not the game. <laughs> this is not the religion. This is not what it's supposed to be. This is something different. So we're going to go over here and we're just going to be a gathering and we're just going to look and we're going to go, what can we learn from this? What can we learn from going, okay, we don't want to do that. So what can we learn from that? And what I've realized in my life of fashion and art and all these things is a lot of times how I've grown in my life and my work and in my music tastes is by seeing or hearing things that I don't like and by kind of subtracting. You know, oh, I don't like the way that looks, so I'm not gonna wear that. Or, or what if I wore that with that, you know what I mean? 
Or what if you put that with that? And that's sometimes how musicians go like, oh, I don't really like this, but there's something in there that does. You know, what if we just took this beat? I like that beat. Let's take the rest out, you know? And what if we put that beat with this? Or what if we painted this with that, you know? Um, and so for me, a lot of it's been taking, it's, and trying not to be judgmental about the subtraction of just saying like, that's not for me. You know, and so seeing when you see these things and you see the way people, for me, it's going like, that doesn't work. But I see something, oh, the, I saw something in Dr. King, so I love this. And I, Brian McLaren said this, and I really liked that. And, 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 you know, and and I read, and I heard this in a song, and, and I think this makes sense. And I think there's a way to speak about this and actually bring this song into living, you know. And for, because for me, it's like musicians and actors and comedians uh, and other types of painters and things like this are just influ as influential to me as, as scholars and philosophers, to be honest with you. Like, I'm inspired by it all equally. I, I've had films change my life just as I've had great philosophy change my life and great theology change my life and great biblical passages, you know, so I take these things together and, and, and I take the things that I like and, and, and it's not just saying like, well, I'm a cherry picker, but right now I am kind of talking about cherry picking. Going, oh, I'm saying taking the best of the best. Um, now, if there's a hard truth with that cherry, you've got to take them both together. And often that happens. Um, you know, there's going to be a hard truth with following your purpose and your passion. There's always going to be someone there to say, grow up. This isn't what you're supposed to do, you know. Um, So I want to get out of the balance, the yin and the yang of, of, of the church, of the, the conservative and the liberal yin and yang, that they just separate and never, you know, and we've balanced it. We've got the angry Christian. Both sides are angry at each other and they brought balance to the force. <laughs> I do not want balance to the force. I want to see ridiculous amounts of love and grace, even when disagreements are happening and ridiculous amounts of respect and people go like oh they're just they're almost too compassionate to each other when they disagree you know they're almost give each other the benefit of the doubt too much when they disagree you know, that would be nice and we don't see that and uh you know not that jesus didn't have some sick burns i mean he did um but those were always with the hope of bringing people together like when he was talking to the pharisees he said things sometimes harsh to the pharisees because he knew that that was the only way to get through to them and for them to hear it. Uh, unfortunately, nowadays we take that idea and we're so harsh to each other that it doesn't change anybody. You know, um, we, we're, we're so mean to it and so judgmental. It's, we've heard it all before, especially with like social media and stuff like that. You hear people say the sickest crap. I was just reading this article with John Lydon and his wife just recently passed away and she had horrible dementia and um, her body gave out finally. And he was saying, like, on social media, I had people telling me, like, that's what you get for marrying a woman that was 10 years older than you. And she, I mean, just people are just shit sometimes. And I think what we've got to do is we've got to kick against the shit. We've got to kick against the pricks. And we got to say, let's take away some of this darkness. Let's, let's, let's be a light that shines hopeful. And I think that's what people found in people like my mother, is that when she could go to an, a gay bookstore, even though she wasn't, like, saying like, oh, gay marriage should be legal, or she wasn't fighting the fight, she was still there. And she would be able to be like, oh, I love you, honey, or oh, God loves you just the way you are, you know, and that kind of thing, of this light 
in the midst of all the darkness, when everybody else was saying, like, you're sinful, you're bad, this is going to destroy, you know, she's just saying, God loves you. You know, she wasn't trying to make a super philosophical point, even though she really was, and she wasn't trying to make a big super duper theological point or argue theology or sin or this or that. She wasn't trying to do that. She was just loving people. Ultimately, she was doing those things. She just didn't know that she was by doing that, by saying love is going to triumph all of these things. And people will know this love. And then this love comes from Jesus. You know, that was pretty freaking radical and she didn't even realize she was doing it. You know, So often what we're called to do is you might think, well, I've just called to do this simple thing, and then the next thing you know, you, you were one of the greatest philosophers and theologians who ever lived because you lived in a way that, that confounded the wise. And the Bible talks about that stuff, you know? You know, so sometimes the word will use what the world considers foolish to confound the wise, and I think my mom has been one of those people, you know? Um, so hopefully we can start also helping folks realize a lot of the things that we are talking about, we're arguing about, and we're fighting about are like these great distractions and that we major in these minor things. You know, and we often get up so caught up in identity politics that we forget about the poor. We forget about people who are poverty. We forget about the freaking drug addicts who are like roaming the streets. Like in Seattle, I've never seen such bad drug addiction anywhere. <laughs> and long, I don't think in any city of my life. And I lived in Atlanta when there was homelessness it was horrific in Atlanta. But there are so many people uh, who are on heroin or opiates uh, and different things like that who are dying. And it's like they're just dying and people are losing their homes and these things like this. And we don't realize like this is ultimately like this is happening to conservatives and liberals and gay and straight and bi and trans and black and white and Hispanic. People are struggling and losing their homes and and falling victim to drug addiction. And if we look at the world and we see what's happening in different countries where you know religions are literally oppressing people and oppressing women and keeping like taking away beauty salons, killing each other. Do you know if you question them, you know like look what happened when they ripped up the Quran, you know like people paid, people died, people got killed, people got buildings got burnt down. You know what I mean? It's like we, we don't I feel like we don't look at the bigger picture and that we don't live within the perspective and that we often major in minors and just tear each other down over these minors. And if we were able to focus more on some of these horrific things that are happening all over the country and all over the world, that it might have us come together and go like, oh, yeah, we were really insensitive to these issues. You know, maybe we really did miss the point or maybe we can talk about this now that we've looked at some of these other things. But the great thing is, is you might be called for those things. And that's what's awesome, is that might be your purpose is for, the, for some of the things that are, that, that are distractions. And you might be saying, well, I call to go in and help solve those. And so those are because those are important. And you're right, they are very important. And then some of you might be like, well, my calling is to go and work with the homeless or help solve this homeless problem or help change the government or to go into government and make these decisions and make, help make changes that actually freaking matter. You know, help people get affordable health care, help people get affordable housing that's not even just affordable, but that it's decent and that they're shown respect and love. I mean, I had affordable housing in my last place and I wasn't shown a lot of respect or love or caring. Like the, the people who owned the place just did not give two shits about the people who lived there. And that was tough to be in that for almost, I guess, three years. Um, so, anyway, I guess today may be a bit of a rant. I didn't mean it for it to be a rant, but I meant for it to make sense. 
and it does in some ways come together in a beautiful way is that it because it's coming out of one person's brain right now um is how do we work this out how do we have the conversations that we need to have it always boils down to that how do we have good discussions and uh how do we live in perspective yet follow our purpose and our calling and and really like it comes down to like this is it's gonna sound silly it's gonna sound ridiculous are you ready loving your neighbor as yourself and realizing that your neighbor is sometimes a jerk and sometimes you know uh, a right-wing conservative or sometimes a woke liberal you know and they're oh god they're neighbors and now they have to love each other kind of like they love each other like they love themselves and you know you know here's abc's new hit comedy <laughs> Um, I don't know. Think about it. Thanks for, for joining me this week. Listen, um, I want to continue this. Revolution wants to continue this. And in order for us to continue this, we do need your support and your financial support. You can go to revolutionchurch.com and you can go to the donations and hit us up there. You can also share us on Twitter and, uh, what, they're all changing names now. X, I guess. And... Instagram and um, threads. I'm on threads. Jay Baker on threads. You can follow me on threads, you know, and you can, you can retweet or rethread or re X or I don't even re Instagram or put them up in your stories or whatever and share this with people. And that helps a lot. Um, but financially supporting us will help these, everything we do become better and help revolution grow more and give me more time to do this type of thing and to work with you guys and tighten this stuff up and uh, continue the work that we've done for 30 years and see what the next chapter looks like. So um, thank you all so much. And uh, I, will, I will see you next week. Uh, and uh, I'll have a lot more time to work on my talk, so I'm very excited about that as well. So see you next week, everybody. Love you, Mots. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being present. This work does not exist without you. So I hope you know that you are as much of revolution as this talking head is. We, we, we don't survive without each other. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.